Good morning, afternoon. Um, it is it is after God Almighty, twelve forty. Look at that. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we are continuing on with uh, very charitable and kind friends of Cappy uh, subbing for me for the podcast. We have one more after this. It's already in the mail. We had DT and the man. They already fit. They, everyone was. I'm surprised, guys. I'm really surprised. You guys are all ahead of schedule. I was like, I gotta tell them to do it, and they, and they did. I, 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 I was expecting there to be, a, oh shit, here it is, like you know, Saturday night at eleven fifty-five. Like, oh, thanks, all right. But uh, everyone got theirs in early, so thank you very much for freeing up my time, gentlemen. But today uh, we have Adam Piggott at uh, pushingrubberdownhill.com fame, and then uh, uh, the great one himself. From the Cynical Libertarian Society, you go to his site, SynLibSoch. Cynical Libertarian Society, just abbreviate the first three letters of each word, then you have his site. And they uh, they hurt me. They said, uh, they, they didn't think I'd listen. What do you think I got? I got nothing else to do. I listen to you guys anyway. Uh, so, uh, But yeah, so these guys came in. They subbed for the old captain. Uh, do pay them attention. Go to their site. Buy Adam's book. Um, if you, if you're sick and tired of my Amazon affiliate program, you can go to Cynical Libertarian's Amazon affiliate program. The only problem is you can't fucking find it on his site. It's nowhere prominently displayed. So I've been going to Tom Likas. And I just want to thank these guys and introduce them to you if you guys didn't know who they were. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, send them a little traffic and a little bit of love. Welcome to the Clary Podcast. Vision of Aaron Clary LLC. Brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host, Captain Capitalism himself. World's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Clary podcast. Um, Aaron Clary can't be with us uh, today um, because he's washing his hair uh, as well as writing another book, I think. So, my name is Adam Piggott, um, and I'm going to be uh, hosting. Uh, this episode of the Clary Podcast. It's a great honor for me to do that. And uh, joining me, my co-host uh, for this podcast, who I'm sure some of you, well, a lot of you are, are aware of because he's hosted Cappy's podcast before, is the great one himself from the Cynical Libertarian Society. Great one. How are you today? I am fantastic, Mr. Piggott. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me aboard to co-host with you. I do appreciate it. No, it was great. Well, uh, so, at, so so the listeners understand the, the, the chain of events that's led to this um, most auspicious and historic moment in mm. podcasting history. Um, Aaron contacted me a few days ago and said, dude, can you help me out? And I said, dude, sure. And then I thought about it and I thought, because I already did one podcast for him where I spoke about traveling around Australia because I, I wasn't sure what his audience wants because they're, um, they're, they're sepos. <laughs> which is what we call it's, it's what we call americans in australia is a sepo um and now, then i thought what is, about if i get is that a derogatory yeah. term or is that a term of endearment 
It's a term of endearment slash derogatory. Okay, excellent. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. It actually originates from the Second World War when uh, a lot of American troops were stationed uh, in the east coast of Australia, uh, especially around the city of Brisbane. And they were actually running battles in the streets between Australian and American servicemen uh, because it got nasty because the Yanks had more money and were taking all the Aussie chicks. Mm. It was probably the one time in history that Americans were picking up more chicks than Australians. Um, so, so Seppo comes from septic tank, yank, Seppo. Got it. All right. All right. So that's where it comes from. So it was a, it was a derogatory term, which has kind of morphed over the years into a term of endearment. I think that the newer generations in Australia don't use it as much, but my generation in particular, we use Seppo all the time. So you're a Seppo. All right. Well, it's good to be something. Everybody has to be something. Yeah. I'm going to try to be the best Seppo that I can be. There you go. Did you hear that, boys and girls? Did you hear that? That's how you get ahead in life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Cappy contacted me, and then I thought, I really don't want to do this by myself. Um, so I contacted a whole lot of other podcasters, and they, and they all said no, and you were the last one on my list. So um, Wouldn't be the first yeah. time. The girls tell me the same thing. <laughs> But as long as you get to the front of the list eventually, it doesn't matter, does it? No, not at all. A little perseverance hanging in there, eventually you'll make it to the top. Or something that at least looks like the top at the time you're there. Exactly. But no, in all honesty, I've been wanting to co-host something with the, with the, the great one for a while. And this, this seemed like the perfect opportunity. Uh, just so all the listeners know, I also cunningly managed to dump all of the technical details uh, of this podcast uh, on my co-host, uh, and all the responsibility is now on him. Yeah, he was really the, good uh, at it. He, the man, has some talent. I have no talent in audio <laughs> casting, but I have a lot of talent in manipulation. Ask my wife. <laughs> uh, so, what we're going to do on this uh, on this podcast is we are actually going to follow the good captain Aaron Clary's normal show. Uh, Routine. Sequence of events. Yes, that he which, does. Which means we'll start telling stories and then not finish them. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave, we'll leave, we'll, we'll, we'll go off on tangents that, and then not return to the original tangent, which will just then obviously frustrate anno- annoyingly uh, all of the listeners out there who are right. still listening to us at this point. But they'll no, be used to it. Because Cam- exactly. You know, that's what they want. Um, so we have a few uh, we have a few things here, um, and I thought I thought um, I thought we could start um, with I'd like to um, acknowledge the traditional owners um, first of all um, of the land that I'm that I'm sitting on, mm. which is a thing in Australia now. You have to acknowledge the traditional owners. Really? Yeah. Um, so I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owner of the house uh, that I'm sitting in, which is uh, my landlord Tom. Who uh, put the rent up last week? So, thanks, Tom. <laughs> you bastard. Um, there you go. That's my acknowledgement of traditional owner. Uh, right. She does actually own own the property that I'm that I'm renting at the moment. Do you do acknowledgement of traditional owners over there in um, in Seppo Land? No, no, I don't think we do. We no, we just came over here. We stole all the land, and now we we own it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. The, the, I think the only yeah. owner of land we have to honor around here is the government, because if you don't pay your property taxes, the government will come and take your house away from you, because it's not actually your house, even though you may yes. have paid for it. Do you guys have property the, uh, tax? We do. The Australian government goes one better. They um, really? they did a really infamous thing about 10 years ago where they signed the Kyoto uh, Climate Change Agreement. Mm-hmm. And they and Australia um, committed to like a 20% reduction in its carbon points or whatever um. the hell they call them. And to achieve that, the, uh, the Australian government at the time simply um, rezoned farming land on the kind of the semi-arid areas so that farmers could no longer work their land legally anymore and then claimed the land that wasn't being farmed anymore as a carbon offset so that's how that's how australia uh how australia um met its kyoto um carbon point uh uh things it basically it confiscated land through um the manipulation of zoning laws and forced hundreds of farmers mm. off their land and then use that as their carbon points. That was nice of them, wasn't it? Ah, that's, that is pretty brilliant. But, you know, it's the environment is what matters the most. <laughs> I thought so, growing food was important, but what do I know? Well, obviously not much <laughs> if you think growing food is more important than stopping global warming. I'm all for global warming, you know. Um, because the opposite's global cooling, and, and exactly. I reckon that'd be tougher. Yeah, I'm not interested no. in global cooling. No, global cooling would be a bummer. I love it how, like, uh, in where I used to live in Italy, up in the Alps, uh, those are mountains, by the way. Did you guys know that over there in America? The Alps are mountains? Uh, I, I think you, we've heard, heard of that? that rumor. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they've got this glacier at the top of the valley I used to live in, and every year they, in summer, they... Which, which in the Alps lasts for about four days, they, they put this uh, huge, huge tarpaulin over this glacier to protect it so it doesn't melt anymore. And, and I, I, I used to say to my Italian friends, I'm like, you know, if a glacier really starts to get going, within about four or five years, there won't be any houses left in this entire valley. You do realise that, don't you? And they just look at you strangely, you know, but it's, it's climate change. I always, I always thought, what would you rather what? have here? Do you want the, do you want the glaciers coming down the valley because you won't have any towns left? Anyway, there we go. Um, Bizarre. Incidentally, that was the sa- exactly the same glacier that uh, Al Gore used on his um, Inconvenient Truths, and he lied about it in the in the film, of course, which is yes. about everything. But there you go. Yeah. Anyway, so I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land. Uh, I can cross it off my list. Thank God for that. Um, let's just go straight to that link that I sent you from Ace of Spades. So for those of, uh, Aaron's listeners, um, Ace of Spades HQ is a blog, American blog, blogger, political blogger. He's quite, um, he posts a lot. Um, he gets thousands of comments. Uh, I don't read the comments though, cause it's just like walls of text and I don't understand all the in jokes and. I can't be bothered, but the, the posts themselves are good. And I, I sent this through to my co-host earlier, um, which got a bit of. Uh, do you want to read out the first tweet there from this from this girl? Same same I'd old love to. loves. Okay, go for it. Same old loves on Twitter tweeted this piece of wisdom. Just a friendly reminder that you, not Y O U, of course, but you, 
that you should call your animals by gender neutral or multiple pronouns. They can understand. And can written in uppercase. Oh, bold, of course. Um, emphasis. Yeah. Emphasis. They can indeed understand. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, yeah. I immediately checked with Adam to see if he talks to his kitty cat with gender neutral pronouns. I didn't even know my cat had a gender because I got him neutered at birth. So what does that mean? I mean, where's my cat fall on the whole... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, like at birth? Well, you know, before we picked him up. Gotcha. From the place, the the place, place that got him born. From the, from the place where the stork drops off the baby cats. Yeah, the place that borned him. Right, right, right. Uh, well, wait, uh, maybe a reference. Do you guys have the stork in Australia? Does the stork drop off babies or is that a an american thing that you're sitting there thinking what the hell is he talking about no 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 yeah, that, that's that's an australian thing I, t- I tell you what if you say something that's not an australian thing i'll during this 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 podcast episode i'll immediately go what the hell's that about okay excellent and and, and you do the same for me vice sounds versa. fantastic see it's, it's, yeah. it's see we're doing diversity here we're educating each other about our cultures Yes, yeah, we're communicating. Yeah, I mean, we should be getting some sort of funding from some sort of NGO, right? Shouldn't we be getting government Government, funding? Government think tank. Yeah, I mean, maybe this should be listed on the UN's list of touchy-feely moments or something like that. If we pull this communication off successfully, do you think we could get an honorary communications degree in gender studies from some uh, Midwestern university somewhere? (laughs) Well, if your cat gets into the conversation with us, then we'd have somebody in here who is gender fluid because I'm not gender fluid. I am 100% male. No, I, I... Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not gender fluid. Gender fluid. Yeah. Uh, Is that... Is that uh, are women mostly gender fluid? Are they? Well, see, here's the thing, though. If you're gender fluid, then are you really a woman or a man? I mean, what are you? Well, I don't it. know. How can you see? How can you march? How can you have a women's day off if you're gender fluid? Exactly. That's what I'm it doesn't saying. Doesn't make much sense. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess yeah. you have to be a woman for that day. Maybe that's the advantage how of gender you, fluidness. How can you be a feminist if you're gender fluid? Mm. Well, yeah, I don't know. Are I'm, you only gender fluid as a firm, feminist in a certain time of the month? <laughs> That's a different kind of fluid. Oh, okay. And they, okay. they have something think... for that. Although some women don't use those because that's part of the patriarchy and it's part of the oppression. I mean, you may not exactly. know this, but tampons were actually invented by the patriarchy as a way of raping women. As you do. Yeah. You know, um, when, I'm, when I'm sitting there in my business um, trying to figure out how I can, I can oppress women with the patriarchy and, and rape them metaphorically, then right. or literally I, 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 I seek out as many inventions that I can sell as possible. Um, but let's go back to this, uh, right. this tweet again from Same Old Loves. Uh, looking at her picture there, her photo... Would you say she was a feminist? Well, and of course, it's a blurry, pixelated photo, so it's a little hard to tell. I mean, she does have, or at least she appears to have, 
It's on the internet. It could be Photoshop. She appears to have long hair, and she does not I was appear the same thing. to be grossly overweight, nor no. do I see any obvious tattoos or piercings. Mm. Nor do I, nor, and her hair is a normal color. So, I mean, at first glance, based on nothing but this little Twitter photo, I wouldn't necessarily go to that conclusion right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think, looking at her, that she would, um, that she would err on the side of paddling the pink canoe? <laughs> well... If that means that's Australian I, for being a sorry, that's Australian for being a, a rug muncher. I didn't know if you uh, knew that or not. Well, I paddling the pink canoe is. I deduced that very quickly. My yes. my my thesis, for which I haven't found any evidence to contradict yet, is that all women are bisexual. Hmm. So I think would she I paddle the like, pink um, canoe? Yeah, I think under the right circumstances, every woman alive will. But I think that that I think that also goes to prove Milo's theorem that lesbians actually don't exist. Oh no, I I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so back back to our tweet. Just to repeat it, just a friendly reminder that you should call your animals by gender neutral or multiple pronouns they can understand. So this is like a few levels of crazy that yep. we're looking at here. Um, obviously. Um, the assumption that the the animals can understand in this way or would care about gender neutral neutral or multiple pronouns is, um, I mean, I've actually did a little bit of research on this after I spoke to you before, earlier today mm-hmm. to see whether or not this was a kind of like a fake, you know, like the Jeffrey Epstein or whatever. What's what's the the troll's name who does the really good like um, oh, wrong skin, yes. um, sort yeah, of stuff. Jeffrey, yeah, something. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. So I was trying to work out if this was a similar one, but the fact that, right. that she only has like uh, nine followers uh, on Twitter kind of leads me to believe that that's not the case. So there's a second tweet as well here, which I'll read out, um, which follows on from the first one. And it says, and yes, it's possible for an animal to be trans. Your cat having a penis does not make it male. It's animal abuse to misgender your animals. There you go. Animal So abuse. now we're talking about transgender pets' rights, basically. Okay. And this is, this this, is not a think... surprise. I'm waiting for the moment of... Well, I mean, actually, we're already there. Trans species, right? We've got these people who think that they're cats or think that they're dogs, or think that they're hamsters, or whatever. And not just the furries, which is one thing. You know, you know what a furry mm. is, right? Okay, for I know, mm. oh, wait, this is Aaron Clary's audience. These guys are all pure and pristine and virginal. So, a furry, oh, absolutely. Everybody who listens to Aaron, very pure and pristine. He has the most wow. pure and pristine audience ever. <laughs> so, you know, furries. Are they all, wear, are they all, are they all... Are, are they all sitting up in bed listening to this wearing ties? Probably so. Yes, exactly. And their wives are also in bed, right. but in a separate bed because they sleep in separate beds. That's that's the sort of people. Ah. <laughs> ah. Anyway, furries. When I was growing up, some of my... F- yeah, go on. Well, well, it's little, we'll get the furries. When I was growing yeah. up, there was a friend of mine, a friend of mine at school, who I first went around to his house to play after school. 
And I remember that I discovered that his parents slept in separate beds. Mm. Like they had separate single beds. Um, and it was just like, it was mind blowing. It was like one of those moments in your life when there was just something that you just, you hadn't even thought about because it was right. just so obvious that your parents slept in the same bed and suddenly there were separate beds. And it was like that mind blowing moment when suddenly you realize that you can look at things in a different way, alter mm. the universe. Um, right. Then I met the the kid's mother, and I understood. Ah. But um, anyway, furries. But, but but you know, so tangenting on that for a moment. In all seriousness, I, you and most people out there may not know, and I, I don't want to go into a long story about who this guy is. But there's this guy. His name is Michael W. Dean, and you can Google him, and you'll find out all you want to know. But he is he's a podcaster. He's a radio guy. He does a lot of things. He and his wife actually they have separate bedrooms. And not because separate totally separate bedrooms, not because they hate each other, but because she has like a normal 40 hour a week job. And Michael, he like works 15, 20, 25 hours straight through doing podcasting and editing. And then he passes out. Across. And so they have completely separate bedrooms so they can be on their own schedules. And then they, you know, when they're when they're ready to come together. Because Michael is a man who did a podcast recording himself, his wife, and their sex kitten having sex and then talking about philosophy. So this is not a man sleeping in a separate bedroom because he is undersexed. Just trust me on this one. I know I, I haven't met him in person, but I've known him remotely for many years. So just saying. Sex kitten? Oh, sorry. That's their third. Pets? Are we talking pets again? We, oh, oh, that's a good point. Now, this, this was before this transgenderism. Again? No, no, this was a human <laughs> sex kitten. So, oh, okay. So anyhow, yeah, yeah not separate bedrooms. So it was a, it was a threesome. It, it was, was a threesome. threesome. With two, Absolutely. Two women and a guy. Yes, and that's the kind of podcast I would like to do sometime, but... I haven't worked yeah, my way up to that Yeah, because that's the only type of threesome. The, the only type of threesome is two women and a guy. Any other type of threesome is what's known as gay. Absolutely. It's, Couldn't it's, agree more. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Right, so anyway, um, furries are people okay. who would have threesomes wearing furry outfits. But I don't think even the furries have gone so far as to actually claim to biologically be a different species. And we, we're starting to see that. I think that's coming. And the terrifying part to me, being a philosophy and a science guy and knowing people who work in like genetic research and gene transplanting and all this other stuff, is the day is coming when the weird people are actually going to be able to put the DNA of animals into their own DNA and start trying to physically transform themselves. Well, did you see the photos of this guy who's trying to turn himself into a genderless alien? um that came out this week he's yes he's like he's like i mean these look as far as i'm concerned human beings can't colonize mars fast enough i mean and and i don't know whether we need to colonize it so we can get away from the crazies or that's where we send them um but based on on this guy who's tried to turn himself into a genderless alien uh, the day when these people are going to put butterfly wings coming out of their ass crack right is 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 not far away and and i just want to see what the fashion industry does when this happens i mean 
this is going to be some seriously insane shit when you think about it. Yes. I remember... It's a real pity... It's a real pity, sorry, that science fiction um, has just gone down the shithole in the last 20 years. Because this would be... Actually, and, and turn into romance in space, right? Because this would actually be interesting stuff to write science fiction novels about. But anyway, I interrupted you. Sorry. No, no, it's all good. We'll interrupt each other a lot. It's fine. Which see that brings it. The more we interrupt each other, the more I'll think of other shit. I think I already forgot what I was going to say because I thought of something else I was going to say. Talking about science fiction, I will. There is a author. Her name is Caitlin. I think her last name is pronounced Kiernan. She wrote she wrote a book. It's just a series of short stories called A is for Alien. And in there, a number of the stories address this very topic. People trying to become other species, manipulating their DNA. And she's a very good writer. She's a lesbian. Let me just throw that out there because everybody... But she's no, great. She, no, wait, wait, come on. Oh, she pedals the pink canoe. She pedals canoe. the pink canoe. She pedals the pink canoe. But she's a great writer, and it's some fascinating stories. Some of them are really quite terrifying if you read them and you think about the ramifications of this sort of stuff. And like, you know, she there's stories in there about people modifying themselves to become animals and the ramifications and all of this. So anyhow, it's it's some good science fiction. I can highly recommend it. That's that's good. There's only one problem with that, and that's a it's a, it's a book by a woman. <laughs> um, and I don't um, I don't read I don't read books by women anymore. I just All don't right. do it. I, I, I just and the, the, the well the reason that I don't read books by women anymore is is because of the fact that that you will always get exceptions to the rule. Sure. And everything, but as always, as always, the the exceptions tend to to prove the rule. Well, exactly, because um, it can't be an exception to the rule if the rule isn't a rule. Yeah, I mean, it's not so, rocket science. Exactly. So I just find that because uh, women's are all about emotion and feelings. Occasionally, you get your Ayn yes. Rand that comes along, or your Anne Coulter, or someone like that. That's really, really that's there's the exception, but. I just find it safer now that if there's if it's if it's written by a woman, and that goes for articles on the internet. By the way, uh, if I see an article that's maybe it's in some it's on the Spectator or on Tacky Mag or places that I read, blah blah, blah but I see it's a it's a woman at the top, eh, I just pass now. I just pass because because it's just ninety nine percent of the time. If I do read it, I'm going to be gouging my own eyes out of my head. So mm-hmm. I just want to save myself the pain. I just want to save myself the pain. So I don't right read books by women. Um, so that was a terrible example that you gave. And well, shame on you. I'm a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on who you and ask. The- if you ask 99% of the population, I'm a pretty terrible person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, and this is, by the way, this is just, for those of you who think I'm being really horrible, this is just full circle. Uh, In my first book, um, I mentioned sitting around a campfire on Vancouver Island as a sea kayaking guide, and I took a bunch of female school teachers on a five-day sea kayaking trip, which was interesting, to say the least. But sitting around, I was telling them about this book I'd read called Snow Falling on Cedars. It had been written in the islands that we were paddling around. Because we're talking about books, 
around the campfire because that's what you do when you take six or seven teachers, female teachers, on a sea kayaking trip. You don't talk about strippers for some reason. I don't know why. Now, I'm going to interrupt you for a moment. Were these school teachers, because for a lot of, so were these like school teachers like we have in the United States right now who are like these 24, 25-year-old girls who don't really know anything and they're actually kind of hot and they've spent their entire life getting drunk and riding the cock carousel and somehow or another that qualifies them to be teachers? Or are these like 60-year-old teachers with some kind of life experience and knowledge? Uh, neither. Uh, if only it was the 24-year-old hot cock carousel rider because that would have been a trip of my dreams. Uh, there was one. One of them was younger. Uh, she was probably in her mid-20s. Um, and she was actually pretty attractive. But mm. the others were all in their mid-50s. Um, and they, I think, were were the earlier cock carousel riders of 30 years previously, but had been in the teaching game for 30 years, but hadn't done anything with their lives. Okay. Um, and, the definition and of a they, teacher. Well, look, when I rocked up to pick them up on the beach, and I, I literally just pulled my kayak onto the beach, said goodbye to a bunch of people I'd been with for five days, and then the woman who owned the company ran up to me and said, you've got to take these people as well. And I was like, holy shit, how long are we going for? It was five or six days. I was like, Christ almighty. So walk over and I introduced myself to them and I said uh good morning ladies uh my name is Adam and one of them just this matriarch stuck her hand up her fleshy hand with her fleshy arm dangling out of her you know dress that was entirely inappropriate to go on a sea kayaking journey and she just this this stop hand in front of my face and was like you cannot address us as ladies. That's uh, a mark of the patriarchy. You have. To, this is back in '97. Holy 1997. shit! 1997. You have to address us as women. With a Y. And there was kind of. <laughs> and there was kind of this pause. I looked at her. I went, "I can't address you as women. It's grammatically in- incorrect." She goes, "Ladies is blah blah patriarchy and attacking us." And I was thinking to myself, "Holy fuck." So I, was like, I, I argued for a bit. I was like, okay, all right. I started again. Good morning, women. And from that point of the trip, I would do everything like that. Good. All right, up you get, women. It's time to go, women. Have you packed your bags, women? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just like driving it into them the whole way through the trip. Um, anyway, we're sitting. By the, by the way, by the end of the trip, they loved me. They were, they were eating out of my hand. And I, I, I remember drop because they all lived on Vancouver Island around mm. Nanaimo in Canada. And I remember dropping them off at, uh, at each of their houses. And they were like giddy little schoolgirls. And there's, as, as I pull, pull up and we get out, the, the front door of each of these houses would open. And, and this, this little diminutive male would be at the door, this henpecked husband. And, and <laughs> he was like that. The husband was like five foot six and weighed like 120 pounds and his wife was five foot 11 and weighed the house (laughs) and and these women were like cavorting with me when i'm saying goodbye to them you know in front of their husbands and blah blah and i was thinking oh my god anyway so we're back we're sitting around the campfire it was one of the first nights we're talking about books and i tell them about this book snow falling on cedars and the same woman interrupts me and goes i still remember her voice was was the book in question written by a man or a woman? 
And I was like, uh, I think it was written by a man. She goes, and then she says to me, well, we won't talk about that book. We only are interested in books written by women. And at that point, even the, the at that point, the young hot one who was also working, I mean, they all worked at the same school, was had been going along with everything kind of uncomfortably with what these women were saying. But at that point, I could see the the visible disgust on her face. She was just like, oh, you're, you're going completely crazy. So for those women or listeners who think that I'm being unfair by refusing to read books written by women, it's just come full circle. You, you've you reaped what you've sown, you know? Um, and it's like there was, a, there was a, a bookstore recently I saw on the news that on International Women's Day turned all the books written by males around on the shelves so that the the spine faced inwards. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see this. But it sounds like something they would do. It does, doesn't it? I mean, how long would that... Obviously, you've got... Your staff have got far too much time to do not very much at all if that's what you're doing in your bookstore. And they wonder why they lose money. But anyway... Um, so, so anyway, uh, by the way, you've got the time there, so you can, you can keep track of how we're going with our segments and stuff, um, when we need to, to morph into the next segment as regards to sponsors and stuff like that. So I'll just leave that in your hands. Over got one. it. Okay. I've just, okay. just dumped that shit on you. Thanks. Um, one more thing. So dumped dumped on, I'm used to it. Yeah. We, we, we should segue towards sponsors fairly soonish. Oh, well, we could, we could do that now. I've got the I've got the list which you so um, um, kindly sent kindly. To me. I did mm. have to listen to multiple episodes of the Clary podcast, so it was a little painful to come up with this list. But I mean, it was a joy to listen to multiple episodes of the Clary <laughs> podcast in rapid succession. His charming voice, his storytelling skills, and hearing about his adventures in Las Vegas and the girlfriend, I'm sorry, the GF, booking multiple hotel rooms instead of just getting one hotel for four nights, getting three different hotels for four different nights. Yes, anyway. Why did she do that? Well, I think because she's a girl. Girls. See, I... Do things like that. (laughs) I mean, Adam, to his credit, I mean, not Adam, Aaron, to his, you know, he talked about it, but he didn't really try to explain why she did it because I think we all understand that women are not understandable. No, this this is why when I travel, uh, uh, my wife isn't allowed to do anything. I I book everything. It's just, and she's fine. She's happy for, well, she's happy for me to take control. Women want to. They want to, They don't want to have to do that stuff. No, absolutely. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at the list here. You've put my name at the top of the list for uh, for sponsors. Is, was that? It was is because well, Adam. I mean, Adam and Aaron. I'm going to mess you guys up all day long. In the podcast I listened to, Aaron always mentioned you first. This this was in the order that Aaron said them. When he did the sponsors. And you can't talk about yourself, so I have to start by talking about sponsors for the Clary Podcast. Adam Piggott, the gentleman adventurer. He has two books out, 
pushing rubber downhill and run guts, pull cones. I, the great one himself, founder of the Cynical Libertarian Society, have personally read, didn't just look at the cover, I actually opened it, read the words inside it, even though language and writing are a construct of the patriarchy designed to oppress women. I subjected myself to the patriarchy, read this book, and it is fantastic. I can highly, highly recommend that if you are a man, if you enjoy adventure stories, if you enjoy stories about drinking booze and going down rivers and rafts and chasing women and having a good time and discovering yourself, it's it's a great book. And I have the second book from Mr. Piggott, Run Guts, Pull Cones. I have not yet read it, but I'm looking forward to doing so. So Adam Piggott, two books available on Amazon.com. There we go. That's an excellent plug. Um, thanks for that. A great one. Oh, you're uh, welcome. Let's, let's segue into the next on your list, list which is Aaron Clary himself. Now, he's got uh, several books out. Uh, Reconnaissance Man. Now, I've read Reconnaissance Man. I've done a review of Reconnaissance Man. I thought Reconnaissance Man was an excellent book for uh, young guys out there, particularly young guys who close to leaving school, just left school, wondering if, you know... Uh, going to college is the thing to do, how to, how to kind of spend those couple of gap year, years of your life. Um, it's, uh, it's a little bit orientated towards um, the United States because he spends a lot of time talking about the different states in America and where, where you, you'd live, but he's talking to the to a majority of his, of his audience. Uh, it, however, it, however, if you live somewhere else, so you live in Sweden, you know, um, uh, rape capital of the world, then, uh, for instance, what you'll do is you, 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 you'd, you'd take the template of how Aaron had looked at where he would live, why he would live there and that sort of thing, and you could put that template onto your own country. So uh, I think Re- Reconnaissance Man, excellent book excellent. Um, for um, – and not just for young guys. I think, uh, I think if you're going to a midlife crisis, I think Reconnaissance Man would be the book for you uh, along with uh, several – uh, grams of pink cocaine. Uh, did you want to read the next book out there? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. The next book on the list is Bachelor Pad Economics. I have talked about Bachelor Pad Economics on my own podcast. And in fact, I consider Bachelor Pad Economics to be amongst my trinity. My trinity is because there's a lot of people out there who don't really read books. But what I say to them is okay, if you're a man or a boy, you're going to become a man, hopefully. You don't read books, but there's three books that you should read in your life. After that, if you never want to read another book, I don't care. That's fine. That's great. There's three books you should read. Two of them are not sponsors of the Clary Podcast, so I won't talk about them. But one of those books is Bachelor Pad Economics. Bachelor Pad Economics, in that book, Aaron covers the whole spectrum from cradle to grave, not cradle to grave waiting for the government to take care of you and provide for you, but cradle to grave, growing up, getting your shit together, understanding as much as they can be understood. Women, your finances, you know, should you buy a house? Should you buy a car? What do you take out a loan for? What do you not take out a loan for? Do you go to college? Do you not go to college? How do you plan for your retirement? All of these things. He covers the whole spectrum. It is the the guide to living your life as a man and not being a fuck up like 
I am, because I'm still recovering from lots of fuck-ups I made in my life, because Aaron Clary, the bastard that he is, did not write this book back when I was 14 years old, so that I could have had some guidance to get my head out of my ass and have a better life, and I will hate him forever, because he did not write this book back then. So anyhow, Bachelor Pad Economics, it is one of the three books... Every man or want to be man, even if you're like a gender neutral, you, you're a woman, but maybe you might be a man sometimes, like every other day or so, you should read it. If you want to be a man, if you are a man, if you're going to be a man, if you were a man. Bachelor Pad Economics. That's very good. Uh, that's a very good uh, thing. Apart from the, general, the gender neutral people can actually go and get fucked. <laughs> well, can they? Um, can they really? Because, see, here's my thesis. If these gender neutral look, I'm, I'm I'm actually kind of serious. I'm pretty like serious about this. People who are like into this gender neutral, if they were actually just getting laid and having good sex, they wouldn't have time for this. I'm gender neutral. I'm gonna social justice warrior. I mean, like me, if I'm having good sex with a woman, I really that's kind of it. I can ignore pretty much everything else. You know, so I really think that all of this, I'm gender neutral. It's like, no, if you just got laid really well, you would get over this mental illness you have about thinking you're gender neutral. So actually, it's, I don't know, think like, they can get like, fucked. Well, every, it's like every paddler, every paddler of the pink canoe, as they say, just needs a good fucking. <laughs> or a good um, spanking. I'm a little bit upset that this Holy Trinity doesn't include my, my first book. I'm a little bit upset about that. But well, let's moving right on. The Curse of the High IQ. This, this, is the, uh, other, uh, this is the other book of Aaron's that I have read and reviewed on my own blog. Um, and I thought that The Curse of the High IQ was an excellent book. Um, I, I myself have been cursed with a very high IQ. Um, I won't say how high it is, but let me just say Oh, come um, on. You can brag. I know you wrote a post about bragging and why you're not supposed to do it. But it's, remember, it's not well, bragging it's just, if you can do it. It's, it's, not, it's, like, it's like people who are tall don't go on about being tall. It's only people who are short go on about being tall. Oh. So if, if you go on about your IQ, then, you know, it means, it means that, you know, you don't actually, you're not that smart at all. Um, but uh, I think I've, I've done a couple of online tests. I normally get around 140, something like that. I don't know. Jolly good. Um, I think that's okay. Uh, I've never been to university, though, so um, that ma- so that, that's that actually... all the more reason to assume that you have a high IQ. Exactly. I haven't been infected. Uh, but Curse of the High IQ, look, it's, a, it's an excellent book because it really does explain um, how higher IQ people think um and why you don't get on with so many people that are out there um i i used to call it the curse of the one percenters and i've, I've talked about the one percenter for 20 or 25 years uh but the one percenter kind of got taken over by the the protest walls occupy wall street morons but my rule of the one percenter was there's if you're if you and it's it's a high iq thing if you're if you're a high iq one percenter then you generally only really connect with other people who are on the same level. So you've only got 1% of the population to hang out with. So as regards to girls, it's actually really, really tough, unless you're yes. happy with the dumb, dumb blonde big tits. And, and who's not? Who's not happy with that? I'm happy with that. Yeah. 
So the, I had the three rules of the one percenter. The first rule is is the first rule you have to you have to recognize you have to understand to understand that you're a one percenter. That's why you're not. And one percenter doesn't mean you're better. It just means you're different. Agreed. Right? It doesn't mean you're better. Yeah. Uh, so the, the first rule of the one percenter is you have to come to the realization and understand that, that that's what you actually are, and that clears up a lot of problems for you. And I think that's uh, the curse of the high IQ is an excellent book to understand that basic premise. The second rule of the one percenter is is that you have to then to be actually have a successful relationship, you have to find a girl who is also a one percenter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the most challenging part, the third rule of one percenter, is you then have to convince her that you're a one percenter as well, without just blurting out that you're a one percenter, because then she'd think that you're a living moron and she'd be right. So they're the three rules of the one percenter. It's quite it's quite tough being a one percenter um, because, like, when I was in high school, I don't know if it's the same for you, but when I was in high school, like all of my mates, they would just they would just cycle from girlfriend to girlfriend. Like they'd be seeing this girl, mm. and then they break up, and literally two days later in the in the in the schoolyard, they'd be with some other girl, and and I'd be like, what what's going on? And and then I just realised that they're all interchangeable, because all the girls were the same. And all the right. guys were the same. They were just all the sameness. There were little mm. tight, there were differences, but more they were just like a blob, an amorphous blob. And they could just they could just swap amongst themselves. It didn't matter. So it didn't matter who they went out with. It didn't matter who they married. Blah, 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 blah. And I, I didn't right. have a girlfriend in in high school. I was just like I, I can't relate to any of these people. They're all morons. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Was that the same for you, or were you like you screwing girls in the janitor's closet? I don't know. Are you doing that? Oh, I wish. No, actually, it was exactly the opposite. My, I grew up in a very small town in Texas. My high school had approximately 200 people in it. In Nobody, total. yeah, the whole high school. Nobody dated anybody in high school. There were, there was a guy, Gary and Sherry. They dated throughout high school, ended up getting married. Other than that, Nobody in high school, none of the boys in high school dated girls in high school because all the high school girls were dating boys who were already out of high school. So no, right. other than Gary and Sherry, there was no dating at all happened for four years in my entire high school. So completely opposite. So, so how did your school problem? <laughs> was it just like a bunch of guys standing by themselves and a bunch of girls dancing around with guys and no one knew who those guys were? I, I wouldn't know because I never went to one of those. Neither did I. I, I didn't go to any high school proms. We call we call them school balls. I boycotted them all. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I look back on my on my teenage years and I think that I was clueless in a lot of ways. But on a certain things, I have to pat myself on the back and go, "Good move, man. Good move." Right, right. Yeah, I think we all have that. There are, yeah. So, I mean, right. I never went to a prom, so I have no idea what happened. I just know that there was no dating within the high school. I mean, if anyone was, if anyone in high school was dating somebody else in high school, you were dating somebody from a neighboring town, because we're out, kind of, we're out in the country, and there's other smaller towns around. Some that were slightly larger, like the one high school had maybe 400 students, and then the other high school the other way had maybe 70 students. So you might date somebody so from of, another high school. So what type of Texas was this? Like Panhandle Texas? Was this like, no? You know, this is and... this is sort of South Central. If you if you locate Houston, Texas on a map, 
and you go about 100 miles west, I'm out in that area right there. So right. it's actually it's actually quite nice because I got if, from that location, which is when I'm when I'm old and yelling at kids to get off my lawn. That's actually where I'm going to end up back at. But you got Houston, you got San Antonio, you got uh, what's that other place? Austin, the hippie capital of Texas, all within an easy day's drive. But you're out there in the country. The you know, there's not a lot of. Is it is it country or is it like desert? What's what's Texas? No, no, it, oh area? no, it's it? well that area. It, no, it's very green. There's forest. There's lots of trees. The desert is oh, like really? up north in Panama. Yeah, that's that's one of the adaptions I had to make coming. For Clary's listeners, I live in the People's Republic of Fort Collins, which is in the People's Republic of Colorado, one of the states that voted for Hillary Clinton. I am currently surrounded by left-wing statist, liberal Democrat, social justice warriors. I live two blocks from a university where the social justice warring runs rampant. But no, back in Texas where I'm from, and so anyway, up here, it's it's almost a desert. Colorado is five inches of rain a year away from being classified as a desert. Back in Texas where I'm from, it's very green. You got deer, you got wildlife, you go deer hunting, you take some oh, seeds, you throw them on the ground, they grow. I mean, it rains like crazy. We're close enough to the coast that the hurricanes don't hit you, but when the hurricanes do come in, you know, because of course global warming intensifies hurricanes, except there haven't been any actual real severe hurricanes in how many years? But you see, if there's awesome. more hurricanes than normal, that's global warming. But if there's fewer hurricanes than normal, that's also global warming. So anyhow, when the hurricanes come in, we get the rain, but we don't get the say. It, you know, it's it's great. It's green. It's lush. It's humid, which it I personally like. You know? It's, it's so beautiful. You, and you can drive you to Galveston you? Beach again, less than a day. I can drive down to Galveston Beach. You sit there on the beach. You put your feet up. You smell the sea air. Are you are you near the ocean? Are you going to start you packing your bags while we're doing this podcast? I mean, why oh, are you back man, there? Is I love it. Of, it's you're surrounded by. You're surrounded by college chicks at the moment. Is that the reason that you're in Fort Collins? It's part of the college chicks, partially the college chicks, and also it's just it's it's where I am. But yeah, I'm going to end up back there eventually. Although every as 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 time goes by, I get obviously this is sort of a statement of the obvious, which is what I do, stating the obvious. But you know, every day that goes by, I get a little bit closer to going back to Texas. There we go. All right. All right, let's get back to Aaron Clary's book. You can do the, you can read the next one. I just did the Curse of the High Kid. You did. The next one on the list is the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. Now, I am not a black man. I almost love poverty, I though. This, I had this image of you being black the whole time we've been talking. <laughs> I, I'm not. And, you know, the black guys wouldn't want me to be one of them. Yeah, he's an asshole. We don't want to claim him. So I have not. You, what do they call? They call black guys call white guys in the states crackers. Is that right? That, I, that I suppose that's one thing, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they call us lots of things, but crackers is, yes, cracker is a commonly accepted term for white people. Although, honestly, Where I mean, that I, come from? I call white people crackers sometimes. I don't really know for certain. I assume it's just because crackers are white and kind of bland. And, you know, a lot, I mean, God, look, I mean, sorry, but a lot of white people are white and they're kind of bland. I mean, white Pasty. people can't dance. I mean, that's just a fact. 
You know, I mean, I've seen true. black people dance. I've seen white people dance. You know, or at least uh, let's say white I tell you guys. What, though, black people, black people can't dance in Africa. I've never been to when Africa, in, so but you have. When I lived in when I lived in Uganda, man, that the black they, they, the Ugandans are the worst dancers of all time. It was just like this is a cliche that is not true in certain parts of the world. Okay, well. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another cliche that's true though is white people should not ever high five. <laughs> ever. Ever. Every time I see white people try and high five, one right. white white guy will put his hand up and kind of this head. When black guys do it, it's like there's this like mental telepathy between the yes. black guys. Right, the right. hands the hands both go up at the same time. Yes. And it's just it's like, like ba bang, you know? And it's, it's just perfectly like, it's synchronized. Like, it's it's like completely natural. It's yes. like when when white people do it, it's like someone <laughs> thinks about high fiving, and then a couple of seconds later they kind of creep their hand up, but they're putting their hand up in a way that they don't want to get high five rejection when right. their high five isn't reciprocated, and then the other guy will kind of put his hand up too, and then they'll they'll get the two hands and they'll dance them around each other. They have to line them up. They have to line up the hands, you know. It's like it's like they got they got to squint through their coke bottle glasses to get their hands lined up, and then finally, finally, they come together with a sound of like two crackers that have been dipped in water for the past seven days. This two wet of, fish slapping together, two wet or something. fish slapping together, you know. And it's just like it's, it's if look as far as I'm concerned. President Trump should sign an executive order banning <laughs> white people from high-fiving from this day onwards. That's all I can say on the matter. That's it. Hi- there, was that, there, was that, there was that movie years back, White, white Men Can't Jump. Well, white men can't right. high-five. Okay. They can't high-five. I can't, I can't anyway, disagree with that. They can't dance either. Nah, you know, they, they really can't. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I like I said, I've been to I haven't been to Africa, but here in the states, white guys can, I mean, black guys can dance pretty damn good. I've seen them do it. White guys, no, just stop. So anyhow, black man's guide out but of Aaron poverty. Aaron Clary's supposed to be a dancer, isn't he? Isn't he like wasn't he a ballroom dancer? Oh, he's ballroom dancing. Yeah, exactly, exactly, ballroom dancing. Black man's okay. guide out of poverty. Aaron wrote this specifically for black men addressing issues that concern and affect them within their specific culture and the things that they have to face based on many of the requests and questions that he has received through Asshole Consulting and through his friends and all this other stuff. So if you are a black man and if you would like to escape poverty, if you want to make your life better than it is, which I would hope you do if you're a man, actually, honestly, if you don't want to make your life better, and, you know, this is another Adam Piggott moment. I, Adam, I love some of the things you have written and said. Like, for example, when you said that it's better to fail than to suck. Like, that was brilliant. Another thing you said, because I've always hated this too, self-improvement. I hate that phrase. And you said, no, it's not self-improvement. It's, what did you say, creating yourself, making yourself? Making yourself. Making yourself, because it's not finding yourself. Women find themselves, but men make themselves. If you are a black man and you want to make yourself, and if you don't want to make yourself, regardless of what color you are, if you do not want to make yourself, 
you're not a man. And I'll argue that to the grave with you. If you are a black man and you want to make yourself the black man's guide out of poverty is step number one. Get that book, read it, act on it. Very well said. I thought it was very brave of Evan to write that book, not just not just because oh, he's yeah. a cracker, uh, <laughs> but because uh, black guys. He is quite the cracker. Don't. Well, black guys obviously don't read much. I mean, that's what I'm assuming based on, I mean, if so many are in poverty in the first place. You've got to, got to read people. You've got to read, you know, read. All right. Uh, well, well, you know, me, first... like, I, oh, I'm going to interrupt you for a second and try to tell the story briefly. Right. You know, th- I mean, but there really is. that. See, I don't know anything about Australian culture, so let me just tell you this story. I mean, there is in the United States, there's a lot of pressure. Many, many years ago, I had a friend. His name was Kenneth. He was a black guy. And we worked together at the same place, and he and I were going to the same school. He and I, we and I both went to a technical school to learn electronics. And the other black people who worked there, they ridiculed him. They attacked him. They accused him of trying to be white. They broke the mirror off of his pickup truck. You know, all because he was simply going to school to try to educate himself to get a better life. And I understand there is a lot of pressure from some black people on other black people to not make their lives better. And I think the fact that it's like, Aaron it's wrote like this the book is fantastic. To, right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's like the, crab the crab thing. The crab's trying to try, crab's trying to crawl out of a, bar, a barrel and the, 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 yeah. the other crabs will pull yeah. the crab and down and it, it it looks like he's going to escape. Yeah, it absolutely pissed me off because he was doing everything he could to make his life better. And he got all this flack. It was ah. Did it, anyway, did it, it did it did it drive him to try all the more harder because he was like, "Fuck you guys." Is that, was oh that, yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, he was, and he he was not. I mean, he wasn't stupid, but he wasn't a really smart guy either. He look, I mean, he had to put more effort like into studying than I did. But I mean, you know, we would study together and stuff. And yeah, he was very driven. I mean, he had the desire, and even more for him because he had to try that much harder to learn the material and get it. Oh, he was very, very driven. And I admired that about him a lot. That's a good story, man. All right. Worthless, The Young Person's Guide to Choosing the Right Major, another book by Aaron Clary. I haven't read this one, but if I could sum up this book without reading it, just choose STEM and you'll be fine because everything else is worthless. Would you Would you agree with me on that? Um, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. You've got to just you, you stay away don't from be the a doctor. bullshit. Don't go to medicine. It's too expensive. It is expensive, and God, who knows how that's going to turn out with, especially, I mean, like in the States with health care, the Obamacare and everything, no one really knows where all this is going to land, and there's a lot going off medical school. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, look, if you're a young person and you're thinking about going to university or college, uh, you need to get that book, Worthless, The Young Person's Guide to Choosing the Right Major. Absolutely. I can, I can tell a story about this one, too. I have a friend, she went off to college when she was actually 17, and she did a year at college, and she came back, and she's back in town now, and she's working as a waitress, and she's like, yeah, college was terrible, and I'm doubting everything that I was 
doing? And I was going to major in marketing and I'm rolling my eyes, you know, and she's just like, yeah, this is terrible. And I saw her today and she's like, oh my God, I'm sick of my job waitressing because it's the same thing every day. And I'm like, you've been doing this for like six months and what do you think marketing is going to be? And she's, you know, at this point where she's having all these kerfuffles and trying to reevaluate her life at 19 years old, which actually I suppose is a good thing that she didn't blow four years getting a marketing degree and then go into kerfuffles. But I told, I sent her the link to the book. I said, you need to read this book now. We'll see if she does it or not. But if you're out there, you can avoid going into kerfuffles at 19 years old by reading this book when you're 16. Is she hot? Actually, yeah, she is. She is, uh, I, she, yeah, she's pretty, I, she's actually, she's modeled for me. I can send you photos of her. She's pretty stunningly hot. You do that. Uh, I might make her the hot chick of the week. Um, <laughs> would you, uh, actually, so you, I, you wouldn't I, in all honesty, I can't let you do that because she's, I mean, she's a friend of mine and I, I, can't have guys, you know, and girl, like, guys and girls aren't friends i you know we've been there friend of yours. we've been there but the thing is okay so if you put that well see but now if you put it up people will trace it back oh that's me and i can't have ramification i can't have consequences for her well i could i could because make of me like the, the hot chick of the week in six months time and this okay we'll down. okay we'll talk about that that could be okay. we'll talk about it we'll talk right about it. i just can't have her trace um, back to me because yeah, I don't okay. want her suffering because people hate me because I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. No, you understand no, that. You don't, right? You know, I understand do. that. Yeah. Have you fucked her? No. Have you tried? No. So she's ugly. Uh, well, you can be the judge. No. She, I don't <laughs> think she's ugly. Dude, I met her. Dude, I Next met her when. I met her when she was 15 years old. In my brain, she's still a 15-year-old. Well, it's not a brain. <laughs> right, I know. That's not really a problem. Uh, oh! <laughs> well, it's not a problem for me. Right about now, Aaron Clary is deleting this podcast from the uh, server. Yeah, it's all over. It's gone down like AIDS in a gay bar. Um, do you want to... Do you want to read the next one of Aaron's books here? Enjoy the Decline. I have read Enjoy the Decline. It is an excellent book. Well, because we say that about all of Aaron's books because we're on his podcast, so we have to lie. But it is a great book. And he, (laughs) Aaron and I are on tune with this, I think, because there are many people like in the manosphere, in the alt-right, and just other areas who still cling to this notion. By the way, for Aaron Clary's listeners, let me just tell you, I am an anarcho-capitalist. I'm not an anarcho-communist. Okay, those are different people. Anarcho-communists don't exist. It's a contradiction. Okay, but I join with... There are many people who think that, well, we're going to save Western civilization. We are going to do this and we're going to save the United States, yada, yada, yada. Enjoy the Decline is about the fact, not the opinion, not your feelings, the fact that... Western civilization, specifically the United States of America, is on the decline. It is declining. You're not going to save it. You can vote for Donald Trump. You can I, I you can make fun of trans people on the internet like I do. You can do whatever you want. You're not going to restore the 1950s. The decline is happening, and you have one life to live, and you're gonna die, 
and you can spend your time whining and moaning and groaning, or you can enjoy your life. You can enjoy the decline, live your life, and then check out happy that you had a fill full fulfilled life of fun, of smoking cigars, drinking booze, chasing girls, podcasting, whatever it is you want to do. So enjoy the decline. It's a great book. If you're upset about the decline of the United States, the decline of Western civilization, you don't know how to cope with it, this is the book for you. I'd say 1950s is wrong. I'd say 1890s is, is, mm. is where you'd want it to be. That was where there was the, the least government interference, I think. Uh, right. Okay. I mean, no, I can totally buy that. Yeah. But here in the United uh, States, not... sort of the 50s and the 60s is regarded as the last period in our cultural history where, you know, men were men and yeah. women were women. And, and small furry creatures from Alpha Centauri. We're small furry, right? we're small furry, furry creatures, furry from, creatures from, Alpha from Alpha Centauri. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not entirely on this enjoy the decline um, I think it's worth fighting for. Uh, I, I think that the the fight is probably doomed, and that you are probably right. But I, I prefer to go down with my hands around the neck of the bastard who's you know stepping right on. on me. So that, that's that's just me. yeah. No, and I, I don't okay. think there's anything inherently wrong with that. No, no. Uh, Boris the shitting buffalo. Um, <laughs> now apparently. Apparently, this book's not a book. You were telling me earlier. It's... <laughs> no, it is a book. It's just a very short book. Look, Pete, guys, people. But it... There, there is great literature out there, like War and Peace, Atlas Shrugged, Hamlet, and in that same category, I would place Aaron Clary's book, Boris the Shitting Buffalo. Now, Aaron claims it's not a book, but what the fuck does he know? I mean, who is he, right? He's a guy who can't even do his own podcast because he's busy. Like, he's, I'm writing another book. Yeah. Oh, is that what the kids are calling it nowadays? Writing another book. Yeah, sure you are. So Boris, what is this book the about? Shitting Buffalo. Boris the Shitting Buffalo. It's about Boris, and he's a buffalo, and he shits. It was a book Aaron wrote in order to explain the linguistic flexibility of the word shit to people who are not native English speakers. I mean, it's a book about diversity and reaching out and understanding other cultures. I mean, I think it's his greatest work ever, and it is available on Amazon.com, and you should absolutely purchase The guys, I'm serious. I want to see, after this podcast goes out, I want Aaron to come on his podcast and say, holy shit, guys, there was a... There, this is, I'm talking, this is my Aaron Clary voice. There was a spike in all my, in my book purchases, and there's all these people bought... Boris the Shitting Buffalo, and I'm trying to figure out, no, I want it to be because of me plugging, I want all of you listening, go buy Boris the Shitting Buffalo. I want it to skyrocket, I want Aaron to be like, what the fuck just happened? Because he's not even going to probably listen to this podcast. He's just going to put it up. No, I I, I hope he'd listen to the podcast, because, you know, we've been giving him shit. Uh, the whole time? The whole time. There, he there we go, giving him shit. Boris the Shitting Buffalo. Buy Boris the Shitting Buffalo. We'll just buffalo. do a couple of other, other shout-outs here. Right, and then, then we we'll need to move back, on. Uh, we need to move on big time. Uh, yeah. Day by Day Cartoon uh, is another sponsor of uh, Aaron's podcast. Uh, you can... Uh, have you been to Day by Day Cartoon before? I... I I have. I, I went over and checked honest. it out. It's political cartoons, and I, I oh, believe... Oh, I know the one. 
I'm yeah, just looking I, at could, it I could be full yeah. of crap, but I believe he puts out a new cartoon every day, hence day-by-day cartoons. But yeah, you can go over there. Yeah. You can check out the cartoons based on the categories, like he has horror and women and politics and stuff like that. So day-by-day cartoons, a little bit of political, social, economic, commentary, humor to light up your day. All right, and the last one that we'll do on this little session is voice acting, audio recording. Ed, if you need any any uh, audio books done, voice acting done, maybe you're making a gay porno. I don't know. Jim Fear one three eight. Jim Fear one three eight dot blogspot dot com, um, and Undertow Audio at www.undertowaudio.com. dot com. Um, I, I've got my first books out in audio. I got, um, Davis or Rini to do it for me. Uh, mm. and I thought he did a pretty good job. I'm um, sure he did. Rini has a great voice. Yeah. Uh, he's a fantastic I, speaker. I haven't got my second one out yet. Um, just because people said to me that they wanted to hear my voice do it, but I actually tried to do a, um, an audio book for someone else and I did the whole thing and it was seven hours. Um, but they, they loved my voice work. They just didn't like my, uh, apparently I had gaps and stuff and it was just too hard to make it work together. I won't say who it was. It was for a publisher, but that was hard, man. That was oh, really, absolutely. really hard to do. Um, so, sure. Uh, yeah, Jim Fear 138 right. or Undertow Audio. Oh, is that the same person or are they different ones? No, 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 it's two different uh, people. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So, so they're, yeah, they're, they're no, like doing... competing with each other on... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, like the Cappy says, competition is good. That's free market. Uh, but that's, yeah, doing, market. doing quality audio... I say, I say quality. Doing audio like for an audio book or something is a lot different than podcasting because over at my podcast, I do most of my podcasting is like this. It's talking. I don't worry about it, but I do this other series called uh, meditations and motivations where I read things that other people have written. And in those cases, I'm trying to do it with no flubs, correct pronunciation, all this other stuff. And uh, yeah, I can tell you from experience, it takes a lot of work to do something like an audio book. It's, I mean, a, you know, a, a one hour audio book is four hours worth of recording time. It's a lot of yeah. work to do something like that, as you now know, because you've been doing it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think my audio book comes in at like seven and a half hours or something like that. I think that's how long it is. So, um, yeah, fairly long. All right, cool. So uh, moving on to the second part of the show. We won't make this a bit quicker because how long have we been going for so far? What is, what's our, what's oh, our we're time? At a, we're at one hour, 11 minutes. Oh my God! Hey, hey, hey! It's, <sighs> look, this is going to be the best episode of the Clary Podcast ever. It can go as long oh. as we want. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second, the second part of the Clary Podcast uh, is, is anything you wanted to talk about? A great one. Uh, I'm, were, I'm rolling with it. You're doing fantastic. I mean, you wanted to ask me questions about the, the post I put up. On well, my blog now week. there is. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about, I, I logged on today and checked out Adam's site and I saw he had put up a post that he is leaving Australia and moving back to Europe. And I didn't read mm. it. I just looked at the headline cause I was getting ready to do this podcast with Mr. Piggott. So here it is, Adam, tell us what's, what's up with the move to Europe. Do you know where you're going yeah. yet? And give us a load. Well, 
So uh, my wife, my wife's Dutch, and um, and we moved back to Australia six years ago, and I'd say we were economic refugees because Italy fell off a cliff, and we were trying to rebuild our finances after that disaster, and and we've we've achieved everything. In fact, we probably achieved everything that we need to achieve a couple of years ago, but we kind of kind of just stuck around. Um, but now the move is on. Uh, Australia's not for me. I don't. It's not the same place it was when I grew up. And 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 uh, as I said on my post, one of the big traps about living overseas for a long time and expanding your horizons is that you expand them too much. And when you mm. come home, you find you just don't fit in anymore. And the people that you knew don't. It just it just doesn't mesh, you know. And I'm, right. I'm a realist. We also we also miss Europe. I like Europe a lot. Um, so does my wife. So um, so we're heading back there in about I'd say we had some re- furniture removal quotes this week. So probably about six weeks. I think I think we're off. Uh, wow, that's soon. Of log- yeah, yeah. It's going to be a log- logistical nightmare. Uh, I I don't think there's anything worse in the world than moving. Maybe apart from genocide. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But apart from genocide and maybe gender studies, um, chicks, uh, there's nothing worse. Oh, and ones who believe in animal rights, transgender rights or something. There's nothing worse than moving. Um, so we're heading, we're heading to Italy for six months. We're going to spend the summer in, um, in Italy. Um, I'm going to do some rafting there. We're going to just because I've been invited. Oh, a bunch of guys are pretty keen to have me back and, after six years not stepping in a in a rubber inflatable, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of happy to do a season, but it's going to be very casual. It's not going to be smashing myself against a brick wall, which is what the full Italian season is like. So uh, I'm going to be a bit of a just rolling with it, and then I think we're probably going to end up in Holland, um, oh. in the Netherlands. Um, so. But yeah, summer in um, in Italy should be nice. Uh, spring and summer. And wow. uh, I spoke to a, a few guys over there this week, and they're all pretty excited that I'm coming back. Um, I think the whole of Italy is going to go into mass celebration, to be honest with you. Uh, the other thing, of course, I'm changing is uh, I, I quit my job about a year ago to focus on my writing. And and since then, I've, I've got the two books out. I've got the third one on the way. The blog's going very well. I get about 1,000 hits a day now. And when I started, it was about 10. <laughs> so sure. Well, everybody I'm starts con- at 10. Well, the first, I think, or if zero. I look at my, well, I mean, you look at my stats, I started, I started the blog in October of 2015 and my views for November were 381 for the whole month. December went down to 163, <laughs> January was 679 and then I quit my job and I had 4,000 and now it's up to about 30,000 a month, something like that. Nice. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's going on, it's going well, but um, I was giving myself two years to do this, but I'm cutting it short. So I'm going to, um, I'm still going to blog. I'm still going to podcast, right. but I'm, I'm not going to be devoting the majority of my day to it as I have been doing um, for the last year. So I'm going to be, I'll have, I'll have income first um, right. and have, having a good time second and then, and then blogging third. <laughs> I think that's going to okay. be. Well, that seems pretty reasonable. I mean, that sounds more or less Uh, like my system as well. Are you at liberty to say what it is you do for money, what kind of employment you'll be seeking? 
Um, I worked in the Australian selling your body industry. to young girls. Oh, <laughs> oh okay, um, that's, that's similar. It in both of them involve yeah. drilling. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I can work back in the in the offshore oil and gas industry pretty easily, I'd say, because um, uh, Holland is pretty close to the North Sea there and uh, and Norway, so they've got a lot of uh, offshore stuff going on. Um, but um, I'll just I'll just see what comes up. I've done so many different jobs and professions in my life that um, that I, I like to I like to lob in and just see what happens. And not try and put too many um, sure. plans, concrete plans on it, because that way you can end up going in um, directions that you 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 couldn't conceive. Absolutely, um, at the moment. I agree. Yeah, um, which is you no know, kind of what I did in my book, um, the first one when I you know chased a girl across right. Australia, and t- two years later I was rafting in Africa and Canada and stuff. And so I think that's the best way to do it. Um, I am forty five now, so it's not like I have the advantage of youth and silliness to help me out but um but or the uh, disadvantages have... of youth and stupidity well yeah i have a better haircut now too so i think that oh, makes a fantastic. big difference yeah yeah i think that actually makes a really really big difference that sort of thing um i've had a few people already ask me oh does that mean the, the blogging stopping no it just means that the output might not be as 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 great as it has been over prolific sure yeah it actually is a lot of work to get a a, a full 800 word post out a day and trying to keep people's attention. Absolutely. I mean, for a while I was doing a blog where I was obligated to get a 800 or better post out two times a week and it goddamn near killed me. So yeah, again, this is one of those things people, you know, people who have never done, if you've never recorded an audio book, you don't realize how much work. If you've never done a podcast, you don't realize how much work if you've never written a blog post on a regular basis you don't realize how much work you and i and aaron and all these other people do to make these things happen it's not as as easy and beautiful and and just free flowing as it looks to the observer we put a lot of effort into this mm, mm. that's why i think like guys like um i think that one of the blogs I really enjoy reading now is the Z-Man. Um, I don't know. Do you follow him at all? I do not know the Z-Man, no. He's very, very good. And he puts out probably about five articles a week, and they are in-depth. Um, and um, I, and I, I know that he's working full-time in the Washington Belt Zone, Beltway Zone as well, uh, as mm-hmm. some sort of consultant, but I don't know specifically what he's doing. So his output um, as... As a as a sideline on a full time job is very impressive to the level that he's doing it. Um, so I take I take my hat off to that guy. Um, do we want to do we want to segue on to the news? Do you want to do that? Or if I am I breaking the the thing of what we got the uh... no we, hey we we can do anything we want. Aaron Cleary made the mistake of giving us the keys to the house. <laughs> You know, we can throw whatever kind of party we want to throw. We can invite over some hookers. We can get some blow. I mean, if the cops show up, it's not our place, right? If it catches on fire, what's the big deal? Exactly. Yeah, man, I, I like the news. Do you guys like the news? We could do the news. I like the news. You guys like the news? That's how he does it, right? <laughs> right. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? 
You like the news? Do you want to hear my American accent? Do you want me? Mm. I could, I've got like one line I can do with an American accent. You can. Uh, you need to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do my American accent, and then you need to rate me out of ten. Okay. And I want you to be honest. I want okay. truth. Okay. You truth. ready? Okay. Y'all come back now. Here. <laughs> that's not American. That's Southern. That's totally different. I thought that was. Isn't that? Oh. Okay, for Southern, yep. out of 10, it has Y'all come back now, here. Uh, Y'all come back was... now, here. Nah, and that was like no? maybe only a four, man. I mean, you, wow. Yeah, no. Wow, really? Y'all come back now, you hear? Y'all come yeah, back yeah, see, now, you hear? See, your, your, your inflections, it's hard for me to, to, to really explain the details, but the inflection is wrong. I mean, the words are correct. For one thing, you're saying it a little too fast. In the Southlands. Okay. See, we talk a little I get slower. Now, I, I've been Y'all in Colorado come back for a now, while. You hear? Is that better? Y'all come back now. You hear? You got to be a little slower, a little more relaxed, and okay. I'm going to practice this in the shower. You work on it. Work on it. Yeah, work on it in the shower. Because yeah, so see, that's next Southland. Time, next... That's completely different from Yankee Land. Because I, okay. I am a Southerner, and the only thing I hate more than social justice warriors. Is Yankees, so that's But there's that. probably Yankees listening to this right now, as opposed to social justice warriors. I mean, what do you say to them? Aren't you just insulted them in that way? Uh, I would say that I didn't come here to care about your feelings. <laughs> you guys wouldn't know that. I mean, hello, I am the great one himself, the founder of the Cynical Libertarian Society, and I just don't care about your feelings. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, yeah, I'm just the news. Yeah, Yankees. The news. the news. Let's talk about the news. The news. The news. Uh, International Women's Day, spelled W-Y-M-E-N. Yes. Apostrophe S. Yes, um, was held um, this uh, this week. Uh, I suppose that was that, that that was probably the biggest thing of the week because the event had such an impact, uh, particularly in the United States. Dude. I mean, the the country oh, yeah. just about shot shut down, we, didn't it? We did. I, I tell you what, the at my house, the electricity went out like three times. The buses were not running. Uh, the mm-hmm. grocery stores were all closed. Yeah, the actually yeah. the internet went out a couple of times also. There was a complete total shutdown of almost all infrastructure because mm. all of the left-wing statist women who voted for Hillary Clinton didn't go to work. Mm. It's terrible. Mm. Mm. It was it was the same the same here in Australia. Uh, we had um, well, we already have mass blackouts because Australia has gone so far on the renewable energy uh, uh, debacle. <laughs> That's serious, by the way. Serious, South no. Australia. Um, yeah, I mean we've got like we've got the world's largest reserves of coal and uranium, and uh, and they went. Um, I, I what's I don't I I can't even conceive the stupidity of wanting to base your power supplies on the vagrancies and variances of the weather exactly you to depend i mean ask farmers about the weather weather and how right. tricky how tricky that is and how much they obsess mm-hmm. over it with you know the crops i mean because i'm assuming you grew up on a farm didn't you no not well, i mean not a, a, an official farm but i mean i grew up in the country where like everybody has a farm and okay so, you know it's so very it is very agricultural yes I mean, like pretty yeah. much everybody, not necessarily a farm, but you have a garden. You know, everybody, like I grew up in a place where we had our own garden. We grew 
corn and, and pumpkins and squash and beans. You know, we had chickens and we cut their heads off and ate them. You know, you didn't, we didn't go to a grocery store and buy a chicken. There's one in the backyard. You want a chicken for dinner, you go kill one. So yeah, I mean, I have, I'm not, I, I can't make any claim to be a farmer, but I have some contact with the planet earth and creating your own food as opposed to going to a restaurant. Mm. Mm. Um, when you say cut the chickens' heads off and eat them, you 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 um, you didn't just like slavishly consume it right there and then with the blood running down your face. Did you? No, you would cook it first. I mean, oh, you okay, could good. if you wanted. You know, you could hold the chicken up and like drain the blood out and drink it right out of the chicken's body. But no, we would generally cook the chickens first. That's, if you did unlike, that, that's probably a reason why you didn't Unlike social justice warriors where I cut their heads off and then I do just drink the blood straight out of their bodies. <laughs> so anyway, here in uh, Australia, uh, International Women's Day and the women's, mar- the women's strike, I should say. <laughs> right. um, the women's going, strike um, had strike. no effect. It had no effect whatsoever <laughs> and nobody even noticed that it came through. Right. I didn't um, notice. I noticed nothing. The other big news in Australia, though, is in the push for equality in the uh, in the in the state of Victoria, Stan, in which I live, uh, and Melbourne, Stan, um, the the local government here has decided to spend seven million dollars replacing all of the green pedestrian crossing lights uh, with a female mm. green silhouette. Uh, so the men, the man one is red. Mm-hmm. And the green one is going to be female. I think that I think they're going for some underlying message there. I'm not sure what. But either way, so, if you're one of these transgender people, I don't know oh, when you get to cross the road. When do you get right? That, that sounds very uh, transphobic to me. It does. Yeah, it does. So now, is is does the red man mean that that's when you don't cross? Yes. Okay. Because see, so here, men, here in the here men in the can states, never cross. Gotcha. Here in the States, we usually have, when it's crossing time, there's a little white man. And when it's not crossing time, there's a red and it's like a hand that's raised, like doing a halt sign. Okay, right. So you've got a red man for when you can't cross and a green girl for when you can cross. Well, we used to have a green man. We actually had, gotcha. uh, it was a little green man. You know, it's just like, yeah, you're waiting for the little From green Mars. man. Yeah. Uh, which means waiting across the road, waiting for the little green man. Um, but now it's the it's she actually looks like Mary Poppins. This was a really weird thing. They've mm. they've they've made the female silhouette as it's if it's very traditional male patriarchal society image of women woman. Oh. Which I think it would have been much more appropriate if it um, was dressed topless with blue mm. hair. Uh, and absolutely. some sort of facial facial piercing. Piercings, in an absolutely. Place. You've you've got to have facial piercings. Yeah, yeah. I actually I actually spoke and about tattoos. this in my podcast this week. Tattoos, yeah. I spoke about this in my podcast this week. What what what's the least unattractive face facial piercing a woman a woman can have? Uh, and I got one of my regular uh, commenters my say, penis in her mouth. The lower lip. Oh God, <laughs> you, you really went there, didn't you? <laughs> Hey, you asked the question. Yeah. If you don't want an yeah. honest answer, don't ask the question. All right. And then she can say to you, hey, it looks like a dick, and he's smaller. <laughs> I have never had a woman say that to me in the last 15 minutes. To your face. Um, to my so face. 
<laughs> International Women's Day. Uh, that's come and gone. Um, a serious, serious news over here is the Australian political cartoonist who was widely regarded as the best political oh, yes. cartoonist in the world, Bill Leake, died of a sudden heart attack yesterday at the age of 61, which a lot of people think was brought on by the stress induced by the Australian Human Rights Commission hounding him into the ground over a cartoon he drew last year, uh, which I th- mm. was just disgraceful. We have a law in Australia, a, um, uh offensive speech law called 18C, um, mm. Some of the stuff that Cappy talks about on his blog, where he met that that woman Rachel Guthrie, was it in the states, who was pretending to be black and or Guthrie? Oh, uh, Rachel Dozier or something. But I know yeah, who Dozier, you mean. Dozier, Cappy's Dozier, listeners, yeah. Cappy's yeah, listeners no. will all know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, in Australia, if you bring attention to that sort of um, uh, falsehood. Uh, in the way that Cappy did, you you will be prosecuted right. under 18C um, for hate, racial hatred speech, uh, and that's the that's the current. So I I was mm. able to comment on that one because yeah. she's in America, but right. the myriad of of similar circumstances that we have in Australia, no one is allowed to talk about them publicly wow. under the racial they... hatred laws. Ooh, man, the glory of freedom of speech. The glory of freedom the of speech. Glory. So, yeah, I think the Canadians. Now, do you, do, are, yeah, yeah, go Do on, you go guys? On. Do you guys in Australia? Because again, Americans like we all blah 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 blah. Like, do you have? And and there's this whole philosophical debate that comes behind this that we can't go into now about rights and all that. But but do you in Australia? Is there some sort of constitutional freedom of speech like in the states we have the first amendment theoretically freedom of yada 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 i mean like is that something in your law or constitution or is it just at the whim i mean it's always at the whim of the government it it is it's always but do you have a equivalent to the first amendment i don't think any country in the world has an equivalent to the first amendment i think i think that's how unique that is and, hmm. the, and that's how that's how lucky you guys are in the United States. I don't think there's any other country in the world that has the equivalent of a First Amendment. I mean, as far and, as uh, I'm aware, there isn't. But I also don't claim to be an expert on any kind of international law or anything like well, that. Well, let's challenge let's challenge Cappy's listeners uh, right now, uh, who mm-hmm. are obviously a very intelligent bunch, Yankees or not. Obviously. Yeah, um, I mean, especially if they're still listening to this podcast, they're probably easily right. among the one percent of the one percent. Exactly, probably exactly. the smartest people ever. In fact, these are the people we should take with us to Mars in order to create a society that's not fucked up. Okay, exactly. So now we've got through to the seven people who are still listening. Um, <laughs> let's let's put a challenge out. And one of them listening. is my mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Hi, mom. I'll be worried about that dick in the mouth joke. Let's put it out to um, <laughs> let's let's put this out to Cappy's listeners. Does anyone know of any country, any other nation in the world that has a similar uh, inherent right in their constitution or otherwise, such as the First Amendment that the United States uh, enjoys? Um, let us know in the comments, yeah, um, exactly, or something like that. That'd be really, yeah. really good for us to find out. But yeah, to answer your question, though, no, Australia does not have that, um, that, and uh, and it's constantly being whittled down by inferior and second-rate minds, is what we mm. we have over here. So Bill Leake uh, suffered a sudden heart attack on yesterday. It was um, quite devastating, to be honest with you. Really, 
Uh, he was at the forefront of the fight against cultural Marxism in Australia. He was literally at the front. Um, so the, the left was celebrating on social media yesterday in all oh. their glory. Right, again, yeah. because they're such compassionate bastards that they celebrate when people die. You know, it's... Mm. Uh. But and, what and they then... did with Ma- Margaret Thatcher. I, I remember watching that when Margaret Thatcher died and the left was celebrating it openly. So... Anyway. Yeah, the, just all right. Uh, anyway, yeah. but when when I saw that again, I saw that on your website on your blog, and the first thing that went through my mind because your headline was something along the lines of you know cartoonist dies heart attack, and the first thing that went through my brain was, is this one of those Soviet heart attacks or is this a real heart attack? For Cappy's younger listeners, us old people, we remember when the Soviet Union existed. And in the Soviet Union, whenever any dissident would start to achieve some sort of prominence or anything like that, they would always end up dying of a heart attack. Quite conveniently, often before like some protest, there was some Soviet dissident whose name I don't remember, but I remember this very vividly. He was supposed to go talk to the Soviet government one day about whatever, whatever, whatever. And the night before he was going to go talk to the Politburo, is what they were called. He died of a heart attack, right? And so in the Soviet Union, there are always all of these dissidents dying of heart attacks. And it's like, oh, so is this a real heart attack this cartoonist died from? Or was this a Soviet heart attack? Because the translation of the Soviet dying from a heart attack is ice pick through the forehead. Exactly. The KGB pays you a visit late at night and you have a heart attack. Heart attack. Do you have any more news there for our uh, erstwhile listeners uh, who are listening? Or shall we we move on on Cappy's uh, schedule here? I'll I'll just, I'll briefly bounce back to the International Women's Day because Mm -hmm. one of the privileges and glories I have of living in the People's Republic of Fort Collins is Colorado State University. And they have a newspaper, and I get to read things written by the future of America, otherwise known as the Millennials. There's this article in here about the Women's Day blotty blah blah strike and everything. And let me just throw throw a little bit of this at you, because I find Mm -hmm. this is hilarious. Kate Kansas a senior majoring in human development and family studies, which, by the way, she would not be majoring in had she read Worthless, A Young Person's Guide to Choosing the Right Major by Erin Clary, said that she was on strike in honor of International Women's Day and she wanted to engage with people about feminism. Quote, My goal for today is to have productive conversations about what feminism means and how we can work to prevent some of the injustices women face. I think that having conversations and being present on campus, we can destigmatize feminism. Now, I don't think you can destigmatize feminism because I think that one thing Milo is right about is that feminism is a feminism is a cancer. I don't think there's anything you can do to destigmatize this sort of bizarreness. 
And this other thing they keep going on about, okay, here we go. One of the injustices women face globally is the lack of full reproductive rights. This is, this is my, one of my whole things with, femi- or as I call it, femistatism, because all feminists are statists. Once again, guys, if you've heard, I'm an anarcho-feminist. No, there's no such thing as an anarcho-feminist. They are contradictory, okay? You, they don't exist. All feminists are statists. We don't have reproductive rights. How do you not have reproductive? I would love for some feminist to explain to me what reproductive right she thinks she doesn't have. You want to have the kid? You can have the kid. The man will pay for it for 18 or more years. You don't want to have the kid? You can abort the kid. You don't have the kid. I mean, what what other... There, there's two options. You have the kid or you don't have the kid. You can do either one anytime you want. I am really confused about what reproductive right you don't have. Please explain this to me. It's the symbolic right um, that they don't have um, as regards to the persecution um, uh, 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 and their struggle against reality, I think. I don't know. See, guys, that that is another moment of Adam Piggott brilliantness. Uh, Struggle against reality. I'm fucking writing that down. That's not. That's not mine. That's not mine. Oh, okay. That's, well, you said it. I'm giving you credit. That's Monty Python. That's Monty <laughs> Python. Haven't, 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 haven't you seen that? Don't you remember that that scene in Life of Brian where they're sitting and they're talking about you know revolutionize the, the, the Jewish the Jewish revolutionaries and it's that the one of the characters keeps going on about. Uh, he says all men and he goes and women. Uh, and he goes, why you keep why you keep going on about women, Reg? And he goes, I want to be one. I want to be a woman. I want to have babies. From now on, you have to call me Loretta. Loretta. So wait, he was the first transgender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so John Cleese starts giving him shit. You can't have babies, Reg. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus gonna gestate in? And then one of the other characters, I think it was Michael Palin, says, "Can we just can we just say that it's symbolic of his struggle against the Romans?" And under his breath, John Cleese replies, symbolic of his struggle against reality. Uh, It's a a classic scene. It's a really Mm. classic scene. I have not watched that movie in a long time, so yeah, Yeah. I forgot about that. Monty Python, they're pretty brilliant. Oh, oh, they they were. And if you look at all of Monty Python's stuff now, they couldn't put Mm -hmm. it out now. Oh, no. No, not at all. I actually have recently been watching the original Monty Python series, you know, via Netflix. And yeah, I'm watching these things and I'm going, oh my God, this would never, ever fly. Like right now today on television, you couldn't do this in the United States. And we have the First Amendment. There there you go. But it's like political correctness kind of trumps that, doesn't it? It's sort of, uh, it's this self... This self-policing, uh, where, where people are about to say something and they stop halfway through and kind of put their hand over their mouth. Oh, I can't say that. So you have your right, you have your First Amendment, but the population has been so brainwashed and insinuated into believing these things and watching what they say so they don't mm-hmm. offend someone or some group of victimhood status, the latest ones. At least it's probably 100 pages long now. That right. uh, yeah you you you, you well, have your free you have the 
Clayton's free speech, the free speech you have yes. when you don't have free speech. Right. But it's it's the what we in the anarcho-capitalist community refer to as horizontal enforcement. You know, there's not necessarily a law or something against this, but everyone knows. Oh, if I make this joke, the other people around me will disapprove of me. Right. You know, hmm. it's it's not like the it's not the government is necessarily saying you can't say this, do this, think this, whatever. But every but people are so afraid of. And I mean, I it, you know, it affects me. This is why I keep my identity fairly secret because there could be ramifications against me. And I have friends here in the People's Republic. You know, like I have a friend. She has a job, and she is what I call a republic. She, she's a Republican. Not because she's really a Republican, but just because she's not a Democrat and she votes Republican. And if her employers found out she voted Republican, they would literally, I'm, you know, literally, like really literally, they would fire her. There's an excellent chance she would lose her job for voting Republican. Wow, that's a crazy turnaround of yeah. events. Yeah, and, I mean, and it's not years. some kind of law. You know, it's, it's not the government doing this. And and you know, again, it, there'd, there'd be no government would show up and say, "Oh, you can't fire her for being Republican. That violates diversity laws." Yeah, yeah you don't, you, you, know, don't, you the, don't get yeah. much diversity in uh, in in uh, university faculties, do you? <laughs> oh, oh, hell no! There aren't, there aren't yeah, too I many mean, Dr. Jordan Petersons out there. Not, no, not many at all. No. Uh, let's go back to, uh, let's finish off with the rest of our sponsors here. Uh, sure, let's jump back to sponsors. I love it. We got Chad Elkin, CPA, um, who's, uh, I'm assuming a CPA is an accountant of some sort over in the States. Um, that is correct. And Chad only takes clients who have their shit together. So if you're like, um, if you're like Wesley Snipes who didn't pay his taxes for 10 years and just had all his stuff mm. in a box and hadn't done it because he hadn't got around to it, Chad probably doesn't want you. Yeah, um, definitely not. And it's, it, no. And it's probably too you're late to get You're not Elkin's material. No, you're not Elkin's material. But no. um, he'll take you if, if you're not Wesley Snipes. <clears throat> yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Everyone but Wesley Snipes. Everyone but Wesley Snipes. Is he, oh, was he in jail? I, I am not up on pop culture. I have no uh, clue. Did he? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I mean, were we his the... movies that bad? Oh, I think he did that vampire movie, what? which was kind of cool. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the... God, what's it called? Um, let's start with S. Blade? No, was it Blade? Blade. Blade. Yeah, that's it. Blade. That's it. I think the first one was pretty good, wasn't it? I, I don't think I've seen it. That oh, hey, he was... I just looked him up. Oh, he was in New Jack City. New Jack City is a great movie. Have you seen New Jack City? I have not seen New Jack City. I don't know what that is. Oh, New Jack... It's... it's oh, man. Uh, it's about drug dealers and cops, and it's it's that kind of show. It had Chris Rock in it before Chris Rock was anybody. Anyhow, New Jack City. It's a great movie. He was also in White Men Can't Jump. There we go. With Woody Harrelson? Yeah, and he was in Blade. So yeah. there it is. Guy, I just looked him he, up. Real, oh, Income and Tax Conviction. And then he was conviction. in jail. <laughs> and then, let's see. Let's see. He, he didn't file tax returns, 1999 to 2004. Snipes was acquitted on the felony count of conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Conspiracy to defraud the government. 
I love how they throw the word conspiracy around. I thought conspiracies weren't real. I thought you had to conspire to have a conspiracy. Yeah, I how think you, you do. Conspire by yourself. Self, right? Conspiracy requires multiple people. I'm April twenty fourth, sure two thousand eight. Snipes was sentenced to three years in prison for willful failure to file federal income tax returns. All right, so I mean, he only got three years. So even if he served it, he's out by now. Yeah, Snipes. Oh, Snipes was released on April second, two thousand thirteen. So there we go. Everybody can sleep easy now. You now know that Wesley Snipes is no longer in prison. Thank God for that. Um, the you know, but as, a, as an anarchist, I can't really fault the man for not paying income taxes. To tell you well, the truth, I, I really, uh, yeah, I kind well, of admire I mean, you him must be for a, that. You must be a big fan of Anne Barthart, then. You know, because she's like. Refused to pay all the taxes for a couple of years now, I think. Um, oh, jolly good. I actually don't know who that is, but anyone who refuses to pay taxes, I admire them. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, extraordinary League of Podcasters. We have 405. Well, let's, let's do one of these each. We'll go back and forth. 405 Media. The 405Media.com uh, has a podcast. Actually, multiple podcasters. It is multiple podcasters. They're like an aggregator. I'm is familiar it? with them. Yeah, I'm familiar with them from some other people. So it is multiple podcast of a conservative I, libertarian I you, nature. I tell you what, I'm busting for a piss, and you know more about podcasters <laughs> than me. So why don't why don't you read all of these while I go for a desperate slash? <laughs> all right, Adam is going to take a little time out, and I am going to entertain Cappy Caps listeners. Here we go. The Extraordinary League of Podcasters, the 405 Media, of course, where you can hear the Cappy is over there, other conservative, libertarian-type podcasters go over there. You can discover people you've never heard of before, hear different opinions, hear intelligent people, go check it out. We've also got Kerry Lutz over at the Financial Survival Network. You can find that at financialsurvivalnetwork.com. Aaron did a episode over there where he and Kerry talked fairly recently ago. It's called Revolutionizing Retirement. If you go to the site and search for revolutionary Revolutionizing Retirement, you should be able to find it. I have to learn how to talk. I've only been podcasting for 12 years, so you have to bear with me for a minute. And of course, we have Adam Pickett's podcast, the Pushing Rubber podcast. You can find that at his site, pushingrubberdownhill.com. I have been binge listening to Adam Piggott lately, trying to get caught up on his podcast. He's a very entertaining, intelligent individual. I don't always agree with him, but he is always articulate, always intelligent, always thoughtful. And he has an Australian accent, which of course is very sexy to all of the girls. So don't let your wife, don't let your girlfriend, don't let your daughter listen to the Adam Piggott podcast because, well, they will fall in love with Australian men and never come back. You have Kanto Talk, Sylvia Kanto. He's over at blogtalkradio.com, Kanto Talk. Go check him out. I have not listened to Sylvia Kanto's podcast. My understanding, it may be correct, it may be incorrect, is that he is a Hispanic individual and he presents things from a Hispanic perspective. So if that is true, because I am ignorant of this and I admit that, if that is true and if that is something you're interested in hearing about, go over there, give him a listen. There it is, St. Lycus, Mr. Tom Lycus himself, the godfather of all of this. You can find him over at blowmeuptom.com, Tom Lycus. Sort of, he, he, yeah, I mean, he is the godfather, the 
illuminary, visionary, the shining light for many of us out there. Blowmeuptom.com. And if you want to do some advertising with some reach, check out Blow Me Out. Blow Me Up Tom, look into the advertising options. We've got Stefan Molyneux over at Free Domain Radio. He's been accused of being a cult leader, but then so have I, except I haven't really. I'm just making that up. Stefan Molyneux is so cool, he has actually been accused of being a cult leader. He's written books. You can get those for free. He puts out a prolific amount of information, videos, podcast, freedomainradio.com. And then, of course, if you want to go down the path of quote, rage and hate, as Mr. Clary himself always says about me, you can go over to the Cynical Libertarian Society, that's where I'm at, the great one himself, the founder of the Cynical Libertarian Society, on the internet since 1999. You didn't even know there was an internet. Believe it or not, some of you are like, wait, you mean you had electricity in 1999? Yeah, we sure did. We had to rub two sticks together to get the electricity, but we did have electricity in 1999. You can find me and my rage and my hate and all my other fun and ranting over at Cynical Libertarian Society at CYNLIBSOC.com on the interwebs. Mr. Piggott, have you returned yet? I have. We also have oh, the, there he is. The, the, the Mark Baxter podcast. Uh, this is a new edition. We've got two new additions to Aaron Cleary's uh, Extraordinary League of pod- Podcasters. The Mark ba- Baxter podcast. I haven't, I haven't checked out Mark's uh, podcast. Have you, have you done? No, so? I have not. I'm not okay. familiar with Mark. No. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get all of Aaron's listeners to come and check it, him out, and then tell us in the comments what they think. And o- O'Shea Jackson is apparently he's got his podcast. Look up O'Shea Jackson. I don't know how to spell O'Shea, um, so I can't help you there. But he's apparently a black guy living in Poland who's becoming a doctor. And apparently he's very funny and says some whole whole lot of stuff about how to get the black ladies. And Aaron's a big fan of his, so uh, he's getting uh, the ladies. He's now Hell yeah. He get the ladies. He's a, I tell you get what, man, that was ladies. the longest piss. That was the longest piss. <laughs> uh, it was just like I was just standing there and I'm and I'm just going still pissing, still pissing, still pissing. It's just like my God, I'm gonna get back and the show's gonna be over. There's gonna be like this. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, but um, nope, we're still here. I'm right. pretty long-winded. I can go on for days. Oh, I know. Um, asshole <laughs> <asshole laughs> consulting. Asshole <laughs> consulting. If you have problems and you want someone to tell you the truth and not, you know, sugar-coated in fairy floss for you, then you need to talk to Aaron Clary through assholeconsulting.com uh, for his life improvement plan. Uh, and if you want to advertise in the Cappy's media empire, go to capitalism at yahoo.com. $100 a month will give you all of your advertising needs. Aaron has 3,000 unique listeners, not bots from China. Okay. Uh, just right. so Real you know. People. Well, of course, Real after people. this podcast, his listeners are either going to half or double. Exactly. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. They'll half or they'll quadruple by a thousand times or something or something. Uh, uh, Capio also has this Amazon affiliate program. So um, he's Aaron is not a, a fan of these Patreon links or um, links to PayPal's to donate or something. And and I am entirely the same. I, I think that I, I think there's not, nothing more demeaning than internet begging. All right, agree. Uh, this is one thing the three of us definitely agree on. We are all agree. opposed to cyber begging. 
but the three of us are all members of the Amazon affiliate program. Um, so whether it's my site or the Great One site or Cappy's site, uh, if you see something that we're talking about and you like, if you click on it, you click on it, you basically flip us a couple of bucks. That's the best way to support any of us um, if you like what we do or buy buy our books or something like that. Buy our books for a friend. Um, academic composition. I love, oh, I got to tell you about this. I love the fact that if, the, if you want the best, if Aaron Clary actually wants the best advertising for people to buy his book Worthless, the uh, young person's guide to choosing a university degree. It's the fact that on his site, there's a company called Academic Composition that you can outsource. You can, this basically means you can outsource your papers at university to uh, a third party. Is that what this is? Yeah, absolutely. They so will how can, write your paper for you. I mean, all this does, for every paper that gets written by someone who didn't write it, all of that does is devalue university degrees across oh, the board absolutely um and and, and let's be clear actual... this isn't this isn't copying and pasting these are all original things that are written specifically for you just yeah because of course yeah. nowadays you know the universities you turn in your paper they do a little search to see if you copied and pasted it so this is not copying and pasting this is quality stuff this is worth your money this is original writing if i was uh ernest and young is a major consultancy company in the world e and y um, and someone was telling me this week that they're now not employing people with uh, they're not they're not they're not import, employing new grad, graduates anymore um, because they feel that the university degrees have become so devalued um, and, and this is a major consultant company like um, uh, KPMG or or uh, one of those guys um, so they're after people with life experience now. Um, so that's that's. I think that's the start of the, this this degree bubble bursting. If you can actually, I mean, if I was oh, an yeah. employer and I'm seeing this academic composition and look, they're advertising on Capri's site. All look, all the power to it, man. I mean, they're they're providing a service and the market is accepting yes. it. Yes. But if I get if I get a young person rocking up and I own a company and they drop a a, a degree on my desk and, and I'm just going to be looking at going so. <laughs> right. Well, especially so if it's a liberal arts degree. You know, I mean, it's when, when you know that this was all just this sort of fake, empty stuff. I mean, you know, something even, like this. Like, even, even if you did write it yourself, even if you slaved your guts right. out at your university degree, even it, if you it's got, still but, empty. It, yep, because all the other ones have ruined it for you by association. <clears throat> right. If if you don't, well, it's if, like it's. Like, it's like anything else in a free market capitalist environment. The more of them they are, the less valuable they are. I, I don't understand why people don't grasp this, but mm. the 99% don't really get this. I mean, everyone has a diploma. It's not worth anything anymore. i got a buddy who, uh, an online gaming buddy who uh, owns a shop fitting business in, uh, in Adelaide in Australia. It's a major city in Australia. And he says that, yeah, there are no unemployed shop fitters in South Australia. Right. They are, and he said the guys that he's got working for him are on triple figure salaries. That's how much they're. I earning. believe it. Yeah. It's just like, and he says, and he he's taking people now, and he's he's trying to train people up because he right. he he'll put them on apprenticeship. He put a guy. He he took a guy, uh, sixteen years old. And he had a, 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 had a chat with his parents, sat him down and said, I'm going to have your son for four years. He's mine. 
And the, the, the deal is he's not allowed to quit, no matter how much he hates it, no matter how much <laughs> he comes home and cries. He actually told me he went and had the sit-down chat with the parents, uh, and the kid finished his apprenticeship uh, a year ago, and, uh, of course, he loves the job. Uh, he's staying, and he's, he's just purchased his first house. Excellent. 19 years of age. He had a deposit, yeah. down deposit for his house. Uh, and yet I had this, this, this argument this week on the Dingoes podcast where they were saying to me that young people can't buy houses anymore in Australia and blah, 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 blaming the boomers for their problems. I, I tell you, mm-hmm. mm, anyway. Right. Uh, yeah, Shirley, and I mean, so, oh, so, similar, similar story that I know. I mean, I, I know this girl very, very loosely, but she's 16 years old and she started apprenticing for a man who does upholstery. And I mean this guy who does upholstery, I mean he own, he works out of his garage. He he calls his own shots, he owns his own business, he sets his own prices. There's very few people in this area that can do upholstery. And I mean and again, she's learning this. She's he's she's getting paid to learn a skill that not many people in the area have and when she's done, she'll she will if she chooses to do so be able to start her own business, call her own shots, set her own prices, set her own hours. And you know, and it, she's a smart you know, one. I'm she's getting, not going I'm to getting... college to get a degree in freaking underwater basket weaving and ethnic studies with a minor in international communications. Yeah, but I'm, I'm getting inspired here because I'm off to Italy, you know, in, in, in six weeks' time or however long it's going to take us to get there. Right, it's going to be a long uh, swim, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, God. The jokes oh, are getting terrible. Yeah. All right. Pull the down. plug. Pull the plug. I mean, Daniel, actor Daniel Day-Lewis took uh, 18 months off from his acting and went and apprenticed, him, apprenticed himself in Rome to a, a shoe cobbler so he could learn the fine art of making quality, quality handmade shoes. I could, I could go over to Italy and I could, I could do the same thing. I could, I could learn a trade. I could become Absolutely. an upholsterer. You know, I'm sure. like, I might that'd be something cool to blog about, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe would. I'll check it out. Maybe I will. You know, the world is your what? oyster. Why you, are you, you are going a trailblazer? And, why are you going and spending eighty, a hundred thousand dollars? I mean, some of the some what? of some of some of these colleges in America, it's like tuition is fifty, fifty-five, sixty grand a year. Oh why, yeah. Why are you going and doing what everyone else is doing? doing exactly apprenticeship, just... upholstery apprenticeship what a brilliant what a brilliant thing yeah. to do for a young lady it is because like i say there there's not a lot of people who can do that and she's learning from that's... i've seen this man's work he's really good and and that's the she's getting paid money to learn this she's, so not, she's not paying, paying 50 money grand a year exactly she's not, making it's... money and learning it's it's not just it's not just uh, the fifty grand a year you pay in tuition. It's the money that you don't earn when you could right. have been actually working a job. When you're not and, working and l- working a job and learning s- valuable skills exactly. about how how to be an employee that's not going to irritate everyone and get you fired all the time. Right, and moving even right in along. a situation like that, yeah, <laughs> moving right along, <laughs> moving right along, the Frank moving Chirby right trilogy. The Frank Chervy Trilogy is a trilogy of books. Is that right? A trilogy of books um, by a guy called Frank Chervy? Am I assuming that's what it is? Yeah. Uh, Burning the Midnight. He has three books. 
you talk about this. You probably know more about this than me. Right. Um, he has three books, Burning the Midnight, Uncle Nick, and Pretty Lies Parish. Now, I have only read Uncle Nick, and I, my understanding is that Burning the Midnight and Uncle Nick are about the same character. They are fiction books, and that Pretty Lies Parish is a totally different concept. I have read Uncle Nick, and ladies and gentlemen, I can highly recommend Uncle Nick to you. Uncle Nick is almost he's not, on your, he's not on your trilogy of don't no, tell me he's, he's on your trilogy of books no he's not on my trilogy but this this book uncle nick is almost as politically incorrect as i am uncle nick speaks his mind and pisses people off and yeah it's 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 a fantastic book if i were going to write a book it would be very similar to this yeah, Uncle Nick, it's it's sort of just it's him ranting about the decline of western civilization and there's he has a, there's a beautiful rant in there about how a feminist book enables women to go on there and just get attention and it it's yeah. It's it's a little difficult to describe other than to tell you go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, click on the link so that Cappy gets your money via the Amazon affiliate and buy the book Uncle Nick. You will enjoy the hell out of it. Excellent. Uh, And finally, on the sponsors for Aaron's podcast, Aaron Clary's financial classes, six weeks, two classes a week. You've got the analysis and valuation of stocks for the serious investor, stocks, bonds, investing, which is an introductory class. And remember, grandma is taking this class, so no bad language or politics. You have to be on your best behavior if you're going to take. Have you taken any of Aaron Clary's financial classes? classes i have not taken these classes no right unfortunately i I don't have enough money to really do that much stock market investing although i have i do have a little bit invested in the Mm. stock market but yeah so no i have not taken them you know how you know what i'll let let me tell you my investment strategy in 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 stocks what i do is i i look at any company that has uh if they come out with any social justice virtue signaling from their PR department. You know, <laughs> if they if they have a female CEO of any type. Mm. Um like Audi when they came out with that commercial in the uh um, right, right. in the in the halftime in your your Super Bowl sort of thing. Cuz when you're investing in these companies you're investing in management. And if management are buying into all of this uh all of this progressive theory then obviously they're not managing the company correctly so that's the sign to sell or to not buy that company and then look for the competitor who's most likely going to take advantage of the fact that the company's handicapping themselves in that way i think that's your best so there you go that's that's adam's stock class for you um i absolutely i I don't i don't guarantee anything by that at all all right that's about two hours isn't it we are yeah slightly over two hours I think we should wrap that up. I think we should, um, unless I've got nothing more to say on this on this podcast. Well, one. what about yourself? I just just remind you, you did not talk about your link from over here at the. We can we can leave that for next you time. You know, I I mean I can go either way, man. I like I can do this for hours. You, <laughs> but, I, I can roll but, if you want to roll. No, I think I I, I my wife has come home and. It's now half past two here, almost in the afternoon, and 
and and I still right. haven't. Which, uh, by the uh, way, guys, I mean, got... Adam Adam is in Australia, so we are actually hearing right now from the future. Because where I'm at, it's Friday. What day is it over there? Oh, it's Saturday afternoon. It's twenty past two. See, he he's talking to us from the future. There you go. I mean, it's Friday where I'm at. This this is like time travel. This is the magic of the Clary podcast. This is what you came here for. Do you you get this on any other podcast? No, you You don't. don't. Only on the Clary podcast do you get time travel. Only. And uh, let's take a moment to thank Aaron for the opportunity to um, prattle on. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Never let Uh, me. We hope you like this. Uh, probably not. Um, <laughs> though you were very polite, I thought. Uh, um, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the two of us uh, bringing this to you, and um, I hope that all of um, Aaron's sponsors thought we did a bang up job of uh, going through the list. Uh, so this is this is good. This is good afternoon from me, and I suppose it'd be good night from you. Good night from me. There we go. Thanks a lot, everyone. All right, we're going to call that a wrap.